0: Congruity Health CEO Justin Davis started his career as a math teacher and football coach before moving into healthcare, where he still uses math and football strategy. In this episode of the Health Biz Podcast, Justin shares how Congruity leverages technology to help telemedicine companies identify the right interventions at the right time for the right patients with cardiometabolic conditions. With backing from its lead investor and strategic partner, Aviv Growth, Congruity is now moving into the realm of musculoskeletal disorders as well. I'm David Williams, host of the Health Biz Podcast and president of Health Business Group, a strategy consulting firm that helps healthcare and life sciences companies develop robust growth plans. Reach out to me, dwilliams at healthbusinessgroup.com, if you'd like to discuss strategy for your company. And finally, please do me a favor and subscribe to the podcast. Well, Justin Davis, CEO of Congruity Health, welcome to the Health Biz Podcast. Thanks, David. I appreciate it. We're going to talk about uh, various congruities and any incongruities may come up uh, as well along the way. Uh, <laughs> but wanted to talk about sort of how, how you got here, first of all, and maybe just sort of winding the clock back to when you were a kid. You know, What was your upbringing like? What, what were your childhood influences?
1: So er- early on, I actually, I, was, uh, I consider myself to be a math nerd. So I spent a lot of my early days in... Uh, you know, working towards a math degree. I thought the the greatest thing that could ever happen to me was become a math teacher and a football coach. So I, I went down that path in the, the early version of my career, the young days. I went down and I, I taught mathematics. I coached high school football, moved on to college football even for a few years, um, until I decided, you know what, I, I wanna have a bigger impact. I wanna do more. So I, I sort of take I took that path extrapolated that to higher education, continued my my degrees in in educational technology and leadership, uh, and then eventually found myself into healthcare. I figured what other fast-paced type of uh, industry can I get into that matches that of, of higher education? And here we are in uh, healthcare all these years later.
0: Well, it's pretty. It's pretty good, you know. When you talk about football and you talk about it, it's like banging your head against the wall or something, then that's good practice for for healthcare. But football, is part of the. You know, it's part of the objective, I, I suppose.
1: I, I tell you, the analogs are probably more than most people realize in pure leadership and innovation and things like that. Uh, it's it's impressive at how much I think back to you know the head coach at Carroll University that uh, was leading me at the time. And the things I learned on the field and in that coaching room, I take with me in, in almost everything I do.
0: You know, I'm not like the biggest football fan, but one of the things that really compels me about the game is the, is the strategy. I mean, there's just a lot of strategy. And when you you talk to somebody like from, you know, from Europe and they're like, oh, what is this? They have to keep stopping and, you know, and all this. Yeah. And it's like, there's a lot of complexity here. And if you just pay attention, they're not just running and whamming into each other. You know, there's a lot of uh, thought yeah. and strategy
1: behind it. And it's the correlations to what we do today is actually incredibly interesting. I had a a head coach, this head coach I described to you before would would say to us and say, you know, we can drop all the great things that you can imagine that on paper are going to beat every team. We're going to have the best concepts and the best strategy. But at the end of the day, you've got, you know, 50, 60 at this point was young, barely adults, you know, 18 to 20 year olds on the sideline, either they can do it or they cannot. So your strategy has to take into consideration the tools you have to apply. right? And you think about that in healthcare, it's the same thing. We can come up with all kinds of uh, solutions and how to fix healthcare problems left and right. But at the end of the day, it's all got to be within the, the structure that exists today. How do you actually make meaningful progress considering the ecosystem as it exists? So there's a lot of really cool analogs. Now, so when you went from math and football into healthcare, what
0: was your first step
1: there? So my first step was actually in, so I had that education background. So I right. started in uh, building a an education program and actually a learning business around helping pharmaceutical companies and, and medical practices, one, improve market access. So there was a lot of market access training. I served in both the sort of the pharma world and the provider world at that time. So I was building educational programs around helping you know account managers understand Bringing drugs to market, and then on the other hand was a lot around revenue cycle. Uh, I spent much of my time with a company called Decision Resources Group, which uh, you know we spent heck most of our time helping hospitals and healthcare systems, IDNs, big networks, all the way down to small clinics, uh, improve their operations around collections, reducing denials, those sorts of things. So it was uh, around which started with build educational programs to. You know what? We can do this better. Let's go bigger. Let's yeah. leverage data to actually make better decisions, and then sort of took off from there. That
0: no, sounds good. So you sort of eased a little bit into healthcare by keeping the educational uh, element as you got as you got started. So now, if we look about a year ago, I think if my math is right, you know, a little over a year ago is when you started in as CEO at Congruity Health.
1: And what was that That's about?
0: Right. And uh, why did you uh, why did you make the then this next jump.
1: I I have been incredibly blessed in my life and in my career to be around some really, really smart, innovative people. Um, My work at DRG actually led to an acquisition in March of 2020, where DRG was acquired by a company called Clarivate Analytics. Through my work prior to that, we really started diving deep. As you can imagine, March of 2020, telemedicine was all, all of a sudden yeah. becoming a big deal. My work in revenue cycle was leading me to understand how are folks getting paid? How, how is this a, a financially viable uh, system? What does this ecosystem look like? So that work led me into wanting to dive a little deeper into that. And I had great relationships uh, with a former CEO of uh, Decision Resources Group that led me to, to a really cool opportunity to to dive in and approach that, that access problem and that ecosystem problem a little deeper. Great. So explain where Congruity Health fits into that whole ecosystem, because there's a lot of complex parts of it. Yes, it, it is. And that was one of the hard things in our early days of Congruity is really finding out like, what is the, there's so many big missions that we could be on and so many problems we could look to solve. One of the things that uh, was most relevant to me is, you know, actually another analog to the, the education world. When I was in education, there was a big push for online education. So I was, you know, part of uh, an ecosystem in the University of Wisconsin that actually built its first online business programs. It's very similar into how that transition is going in telemedicine because, you know, early days of of education. Everybody was supposed to go to online education. It was the way of the world. Everybody was going to do it. Everybody was, you know, venture capitalists were investing in in programs. Something similar happened, obviously, because of COVID and, and other things, but they're looking to find the place. Who is the right person for telemedicine? What is the right population that needs the right access? What is the right demographic? What is the right program? What is the right a health benefit to drive the right outcomes. So at Congruity, essentially what we do is we analyze, we're a data and analytics company, that analyzes data to help telehealth companies find the right patient at the right time in an automated way to deliver against their services to manage high-risk populations, to ultimately drive ROI, which is more care, better care at reduced cost, to change the way we think about patients having access to right care Putting telehealth in a place that can actually fill gaps, rather than you know, be accretive in the care delivery mechanism, rather than accretive in the cost ecosystem.
0: You know, if you think about um, what's happened on on telehealth, we, we and I'll speak for myself have been talking about different forms of it for at least uh, twenty years or so. We started working in nineteen ninety nine and two thousand with a company called uh, Healings, came Relay Health, doctor patient web based messaging, and it took about 20 years really until the pandemic to think sort of took off. But then what happened was it seems as though all of a sudden, okay, my inpatient uh, appointment is canceled. I got to do it over zoom or the equivalent. And it sort of like, sort of just like jumped to that. And not nearly as far as what, you know, as what you're describing in terms of how really to, to optimize it. Because up until then, one of the reasons that uh, reimbursement had been slow to take off for telehealth is to say, Theoretically, it sounds great, right? You don't have to come into the doctor's office, blah blah blah. But in practice, what had happened is you'd have the telehealth visit, and that would get arranged, and then you'd have the telehealth visit, and they'd say, you know what, you really need to come in to be seen for this. So now they had a delay in care, plus an additional expense, plus the frustration. Yeah. So I think that's maybe some of that, you know, reality of maybe the, some of those folks on the sidelines, uh, so to so to speak, in the in, yeah. a, in the equivalent.
1: Yeah. And what's interesting is that if you look at it from total risk, total cost to a, a payer in an insurance company, you're improving access to certain populations that you know may have difficulty getting to a doctor or don't have local clinics. So that's, that's important. But at the same time, if you think about your cost structure, you're adding to your cost structure and you don't quite have the answer to, is this helping me? Financially, is it reducing risk? Am I getting better outcomes holistically? Am I not? They're struggling to come up with those answers. So that's why we believe at Congruity, it's really important to find who the right patient is for those types of services, automate the access so those folks know who can deliver against that care, and then the care that they're actually delivering can can maximize outcome. So I think now the sort of things that you're talking about are now going to be like the
0: gospel to those folks who have have gone through the first stages of just, they just have all these telehealth claims. Is it optimizing something? I don't know. Um, But how do you actually make it happen beyond saying, yep, right care to the right patient? I mean, what's involved kind of from a technology and a, dare I say, even math standpoint uh, in order to figure some of that out?
1: this is where the math background comes in i can't uh, i can't ever let go of the data 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 because i'm constantly thinking about especially in healthcare is there's there's always data to give an answer to a question but what we keep doing in healthcare is adding to costs and we we can't find where where's the roi in almost anything where costs are continually going up they keep yeah. getting passed on to patients Like, how do we how do we fix that how do we actually know if what we're doing is working so we we ingest data We ingest everything from claims data, EHR data, all the data you can imagine that that we get from even our our customers who potentially could be telehealth companies, could be self-funded employers. We bring in all that data to to actually pair that with what we know about successful clinical outcomes and protocols. So if you can imagine clinical research, uh, best-in-class protocols for things like cardiometabolic care, um, we actually leverage our our clinical advisors to help us understand what that patient journey looks like clinically. Mm-hmm. And then we develop what's called a, what we call our rules engine to to actually identify patients earlier along their journey so that an intervention from a, a telehealth company, for example, could actually benefit and, and change their their pathway to high risk, high cost and, and improve their outcome. So' it's a, it's a lot of machine learning around what's the right persona. How do we look at data and translate clinical protocols and pathways into what does that patient actually look like in terms of their their overall data journey? So
0: you can I can imagine looking retrospectively and saying hey here's a patient that would have benefited from an earlier you know intervention and now I'm going to have some kind of an algorithm to find similar patients and and help them but how do you go from kind of that observation to actually saying yeah this money I'm spending up front. We see it's going out the door today, how do I really feel confident that it's actually going to, you know, be valuable What I'm, I'm spending money on upfront?
1: Yeah, so it's a longitudinal view of a, of a patient. So you, you, you take that, that intervention, theoretically, you know, there's, if you can imagine a world where we, we trigger or a rules engine identifies, let's say, a hundred potential patients for this cardiometabolic care, chronic disease management program for one of our customers. We send them a hundred potential opportunities to to really help these patients either reduce the risk, you know, reduce the time it takes for them to get to high risk or one of those, essentially get the outcome they're looking for, right? Well, they're by nature not going to convert all hundred of those folks. So we have a point in time where a hundred folks have a particular view or they're on a particular journey that is similar those companies will actually serve against those protocols and their their programs and what we actually do is we actually track and monitor sort of like an a b testing for those who are on their programs versus those who aren't on their programs or didn't convert so we can actually follow their journey through data so we can actually see the the in the outcome both financially and clinically by tracking those and doing some A-B testing. So these companies suddenly have real-time view into um, you know, the folks they served versus they didn't. Am I actually bending the cost curve? Am I actually getting better outcomes? So they have real-time view into something that they didn't have you know, that sort of view into before.
0: So um, cardiometabolic is where you've been focusing. Explain a little bit why that is
1: a good area to start with, and then what comes next? Yeah, so cardiometabolic care makes up, and we've been in data and analytics a long time in healthcare, and I tell you, almost always between 25 and 30% of a health plan spend is around the management of things like type two diabetes and everything that can take, you know, is in that space. So it is a high risk population that has a lot of needs and there's a lot of really good programs and companies out there that serve this population. They're not getting, currently they're not getting uh, great compliance They don't have great insight into what that compliance looks like. So we wanted to dive in that space first because we know we could have a big impact on on a plan and big impact on outcomes. That was why we, we really wanted to start there. We wanted to perfect it there before we started to move on to too many other conditions. We are excited that we actually are on a journey now to do something very similar in the musculoskeletal space. You can imagine this is another, 25 to 30 percent of healthcare spend, yeah, and is considered by many to have an enormous amount of waste, right? Because of scans and tests and people having, uh, you know, differentiated uh, thoughts around how to care for programs like this. And we're we're focused on not just the protocols but the outcomes. Yeah. We want the data and analytics to drive outcomes. So if companies that deliver outcomes, we can deliver them right patient, right time suddenly their effort becomes focused on outcomes not customer acquisition so if we can help them speed up customer acquisition they can speed up outcomes and that's the goal so musculoskeletal is sort of that that next big dive for us so we can expand our efforts and have uh, even a greater outcome
0: the yeah, msk is an interesting one
1: uh from the
0: protocol standpoint too because you know a lot of people have these sort of vague you know low back pain and some, nobody in football of course we know they're all walking around yeah. without any any problems but for the average person maybe has to go out and do some lifting or something on the floor, just they don't have good posture, they're overweight or whatever. And what happens I, I know is that, you know, they'll be managed by someone will have physical therapy and they, their plan may cover 20 visits. So they get to the end of the 20 visits and then they have, they run out of their benefits so that they have surgery and the surgery costs 75,000 and then they have physical therapy after surgery, you know? And so, the whole, yeah. even the protocol. It seems like on the one hand, yeah, I, I managed my physical therapy costs, you know, but then it kind of open it kind of opens up, and there's some people who shouldn't have. Some people, I think, what happens also, they have such pain, they say, "I just got to do something, anything, right?" So if you go in, and you're talking to a surgeon. The anything, maybe something other than what a telehealth person
1: would uh, would recommend. So I think there's a lot of interesting components in that yeah. one. The the need for data in that space and real deep dive analytics, I think, is really important. Something I've learned in our early work in that space is that there are a lot of misdiagnoses and a lot of correlated diagnoses that I think we can better manage that care if we better understand the patient's journey outside of the MSK diagnoses. Yeah. Because I think there's, you know, I come in with lower back pain, for example, well, what I've learned recently from folks who serve in this space, like that, that could be caused by a knee, an ankle, a, yeah. a hip, or something else, but it's it's going to come across in the data and analytics as, as lower back pain. So how we treat it. So we have to look at the data further to better understand the patient journey, so that we can get better at reducing the waste. And I think that's a journey we're on: is is, is how can we better align all of those those data sets so we can understand patients faster. We can get them on the right programs
0: you know there's regional variation in everything but msk is one where i think is particularly uh pronounced so maybe some of the data that you uh that you see on on a regional basis is gonna is gonna help um to drive
1: some insights and maybe changes of uh of practice patterns and, and that's our hope is just to give enough data to folks who have best-in-class delivery ecosystems so we can constantly make sure that i i actually believe Those who are great at serving clinically should serve clinically. Those that are great at data analytics should do the analytics. But boy, if those two things don't have a shared understanding of of what a real outcome should look like, there's the problem. So that's what we want to help solve as well, is make sure that we're thinking about it at every stage of the game in terms of outcome. What is the outcome we're looking for? and How do we connect and change the way we think about access from patient to the right program that drives outcome? So it sounds like you, you know, you've done a lot of work
0: on the kind of the product market fit, some sophistication in terms of the analysis and the pathway to go from the cardiometabolic into the uh, musculoskeletal and so on. How is it working out kind of in the market? Are you, are you finding um, customers either on a pilot basis or, or a fuller basis? And what, is, what does that pipeline look like for you? Where, 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 who are you serving now and where do you expect to get to?
1: Yeah, we're super excited about the traction we're getting because, for one, let me address the musculoskeletal first. As soon as we started to you know, go down that path and we made a, a public decision that we're looking for the right folks to help us design these triggers, get these triggers right, uh, it actually became harder for us to vet the right partner before it was to get customer. Because I just didn't want to go frivolously find customer A, B, and C that had different protocols, that had different layers of outcome. We actually had to do a deeper dive into who actually can prove that their protocols and the way they actually serve is getting outcomes. Our our analytics engine won't work if we don't drive it around what gets greatest outcome. So the good part about that was we had many to choose from. There's some really great folks in the marketplace uh, doing that. So we're excited. Uh, over the next week or so, we should finalize who our partner is. There, very excited about that. Uh, in the cardiometabolic space, we've got a partner, uh, Convergence Telehealth, that is delivering best-in-class cardiometabolic care against the protocols from our chief medical advisor. So it is a really, a really cool ecosystem. This is we're going to find them. We know what the pro, the best-in-class protocols are. We agree on those, and we're actually going to find you. The, the right patients at the right time to deliver against that. And we're actually correlating our data and analytics with the protocols, with everything from, you know, call scripts for their nurses and so on. So it's a very integrated ecosystem. And I think that is what the, the customers are really sticking to. So folks that are, instead of just traditional telehealth delivery, which is sort of a primary care or right. secondary care, if you will, it's folks really focusing our customers are the folks focusing on chronic disease management reducing risk reducing waste for health plans and just honestly improving outcomes so it's been really good for us well you know you
0: talk about working with your uh you know medical advisor and having the whole ecosystem flow together i I believe in best practices because i think isn't your isn't your isn't your advisor name like dr best practice or something like
1: that i tell you what that's what we call him dr bill besterman i tell you he he is and we are so lucky uh i had to uh hunt this gentleman down and uh make and really prove that we could do what we say we can do to get him on board because he is a well-published um of 30 plus years done great work with big payers like blue cross blue shield proved of you know proved his optimal medical therapy protocols are successful it's been incredible and to get him on board is really uh, extrapolated our efforts quickly and propelled us forward, which is part of the reason why we can get in the MSK space the way we right. are. Is, you know, and I said to him one time, I said, who's the next, who's the Dr. Besterman of the MSK world? That's what yeah. we, I don't want some random doc that says, you know, we prevent knee surgeries. We do that. No, I, I need, who's the next Dr. Besterman that has best in class research and clinical protocols, proven protocols that I can translate into a rules engine, that's what I'm looking for. He really helped us with that.
0: Great. So, you know, there's a lot of investment, obviously, going into developing all of what you have here. Who who do you have in terms of uh, financing partners?
1: We've got, I'm super excited about this, actually. We have uh, an investment partner, Aviv Growth Partners, who is actually interested in solving the very same problems that we are. They want to take, you know, great technology, great data and analytics, and essentially improve outcomes in the marketplace. So we had very well aligned uh, mission. So you know this journey has been great to have a partner. You know, there's especially in this space when you're talking data and analytics, you're talking healthcare, you're talking things like telemedicine. You see venture capital floating all over the place. Yeah, having a good partner that has aligned, you know, mission and vision. And not only want to help you with, the, you know, capitalizing your business and your ideas, but somebody that actually can help you in the marketplace, refine it, find the right customers, you know, actually prove that what you're doing works. I mean, that's incredible to have partners like we are. So we're really lucky to have Aviv on board with our mission. Terrific. So I don't know if you have any any spare
0: time, but if you do, any chance to read any books? Anything that you would uh, recommend?
1: I, yeah, that's that's a great question. I am actually uh, sort of uh, nutty about Simon Sinek. I, I I read it. I you know I'm I'm reading all the social media posts. I buy into the the leadership principles and CEO principles of Simon Sinek. So I actually, his latest book that's called Leaders Eat Last has been uh, an incredible read for me recently. So if you don't follow him, please do. It's it's absolutely incredible. One of the things. In my educational journey, leadership was, you know, one of the key tenets of my yeah. PhD program. So it's it's one of those things that uh, selfless leading is really important to me. Leading with a mission is really important to me. Um, so it, it's actually great to continue to read some things that motivate me to think that way. Fantastic. Well,
0: Justin Davis, CEO of Congruity Health, thank you for speaking with me today about all manner of things from math to football to machine learning to best practices and leadership fantastic it was great thanks david i appreciate your time you've been listening to the health biz podcast with me david williams president of health business group i conduct in-depth interviews with leaders in healthcare business and policy if you like what you hear go ahead and subscribe on your favorite service while you're at it go ahead and subscribe on your second and third favorite services as well There's more good stuff to come, and you won't want to miss an episode. If your organization is seeking strategy consulting services in healthcare, check out our website, healthbusinessgroup.com.